0: Hello everyone, how are you? Zach Scro here with you all from Neighborhood Church. And today we are learning about the fourth fruit of the Spirit in our Living Fruit Sermon Series. So, if you're following along in a house church, please take out your Sunday morning sermon discussion guide. And remember, in the coming week, do your daily devotionals as that will help reinforce what you learn here today. So, into the fourth fruit of the Spirit in our Living Fruit Sermon Series, which is patience. Patience. A word that I know everybody loves to hear and talk about, especially me. Oftentimes when we hear that word patience, words come to mind like waiting, enduring, persevering. And some of us even dread just hearing that word patience because we know It it will almost always, it will most certainly include some time of waiting for some desired outcome that, that we want in the future and it will occur over a long period of time. And it's definitely true, as waiting is inherent to patience. But when understood as a fruit of the Spirit, patience usually involves waiting in the face of hardship or in the midst of some sort of pain and suffering. In fact, patience as a fruit of the Spirit is defined as the ability to control yourself and your emotions while you endure adversity and difficulty over a long period of time. I'm gonna say that one more time and I'll read it for you verbatim here. Patience, defined as a fruit of the Spirit, is the ability to control yourself and your emotions while you endure adversity and difficulty over a long period of time. And looking back at our passage for today, we can see this as James refers to both the prophets and Job as the archetypes of those who are patient. Think about it. If you recall the story of Job, you know that he lost everything and suffered an inordinate amount of pain over an extended period of time, yet he did not lash out in anger, he didn't make any rash decisions, and at the end of the story, he experienced God in a dramatic and most intimate way, a most profound way, which is one of the rewards of patience. And so for today, I have just two main ideas for you, two takeaways for you on how to develop patience. And the first is this, you must do the work of actively waiting. Number one, you must do the work of actively waiting. And number two, which we'll get into in a few minutes, you must have right expectations. You must have right expectations. And so our passage from James teaches these two points. Look back with me, If you have your bibles and we're going to pick up in james chapter 5 verse 7 where i think all of you guys have already read that out loud in your house churches and it's this in verse 7 be patient then brothers and sisters until the lord's coming see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains now look i'm not a farmer I don't know many farmers, but I do know this. Farming is a sun up to sundown job. Farming is perhaps one of the hardest, most demanding physically and mentally jobs that exist. Here's just a few aspects of what you have to do in order to be a successful crop farmer. You've gotta have basically a doctorate level knowledge of the crop you're growing and what the seeds look like, what fertilizer they need and how often you need to fertilize them. You need to know about the soil and the soil composition and how you even are to plant those seeds you need to know what equipment is needed to plant the seeds as well as maintain that healthy soil while you're going to uh, start out planting those seeds you must know how they grow what season do you plant in what season do you harvest in how often do you need to turn the land over so that the land stays uh, fertile to receive the seeds and to allow it to grow You need to know what area of the country is conducive to producing crops based on that soil composition. Then, after you've learned all that, which takes years and years and years of apprenticeship, and I'm not even giving it all to you, you must actually then plant the seeds and farm them, which requires tilling of the soil, making the soil ready to receive the seed, and then you plant, and then you wait. You get to wait. But you've got to wait actively because everything that you're doing that I that I mentioned above, you're doing all of that while you're waiting for the seeds to grow, and you're continuing to learn about your craft while the seeds are growing, and you are actively fertilizing and watering those seeds, knowing just the right amount of fertilizer to use, fertilizer to use, as well as water, because if you over or under fertilize, you kill your crop. If you overwater or underwater, you kill your crop. Then, on top of that, you have to maintain and fix the equipment so that you can do everything that I just mentioned and so that it works when you need it. Oh, by the way, don't forget that as a farmer, you've got to hire and fire employees, farmhands to help you do the work. You also have to manage them daily and you have to have a proper business knowledge on how to sell your crop to the marketplace and all the relationships involved in the supply chain management of that particular aspect of the farming business. You need to also have some sort of an idea of what future contracts are in regards to crops and their price of today compared to what it will be in the future so that you assure yourself that you're getting the right price for whatever it is that you're choosing to farm. And then as you actively wait and you're doing all that I just described, you're still looking and waiting for the seed to sprout and grow and come to full maturity. And so that's a, that's a lot of what a farmer does that James really didn't get into there, but I think kind of wants us all to understand and know. Certainly it was much different 2,000 years ago when this was written compared to it is today. But rather than have me tell you all the, the active ways in which you can wait patiently on God in whatever situation you're enduring, during suffering, during pain, during trials, during hardships, I want you all in the next few minutes to discuss that in your house church and to talk about what it looks like to actively wait on the Lord patiently while you're looking for some sort of desired outcome. Which leads us to our second and final takeaway for today. We must manage our expectations. Look at verse 10. Pick back up with me in verse 10. I'll read it out loud for you here. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, We count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Here is how to properly manage the expectations of a desired outcome. As many of you know, Job faced the worst kind of suffering possible. He lost his children, he lost his health, he lost his wealth, Oh, and by the way, he had three friends that made him feel great while going through all of that pain and suffering. I'm being sarcastic there. They were terrible friends. He experienced pain in the worst kind of ways possible. And I believe the following two passages that I'm going to share with you from the book of Job will encapsulate best how he managed his own expectations for the desired outcome of what was going on in his life at the time. Uh, early on in the book of Job, I believe it's chapter 1, after he lost his children, Job said, and this is a very famous one. You guys, I'm sure, all know it. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And then after 41 chapters of extreme suffering and being belittled by his friends and and hearing from God about what that suffering means to Job, Job says in response to, to the Lord, in response to God, he says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. So look. Job doesn't expect to have his health, wealth, and family restored at any point during this time of his suffering. But rather, from chapter 1 all the way until the end in chapter 42, Job understands that goodness is at the very core of who God is, and that no matter what occurs, God will do what is right and good in Job's life. Job understood that no matter the outcome, it would benefit him and be for his good, as painful as it was. He did not have a specified outcome in mind, a specified uh, outcome in mind, but rather he trusted that God was good and was for him. Job trusted that God was good and was for him, which in the end led Job to a greater and deeper relationship with God. And so how do you manage? Expectations while you're waiting patiently. What expectations should you have when patiently enduring hardships and difficulty and pain in your life? Here it is. You should expect that God is good and that He is for you you, and He has your best interest at heart, and that as you wait patiently, you should expect that your relationship with God will grow deeper and more intimate, and you will know Him better as you endure this uh, hardship or whatever pain and struggle you're currently going through. During the days of Jesus's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey Him and was designated by God to be High Priest in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. patiently waiting, Patiently waiting while suffering is the way of the cross. It's the way of Jesus. And it will make us more like Jesus than perhaps anything else that we face in this world, in our entire lifetime. And as we become more like Jesus, our intimate knowledge of God will become more like Jesus's intimate knowledge of God. And then what Jesus says will begin to happen more and more in our lives. And you all know the saying, I'm sure. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So no matter the pain that you're in now, because God is good and God is for you, God will work it for your good, just like He did for Jesus. Reminded of a psalm, Psalm 62, verse 5. It was something that I used uh, probably eight or so years ago. My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. You guys, this is a cliche saying, but good things truly come to those who wait. Those good things might not be exactly what you want, but in the end, they will be what God desires for you and God desires your good because He, at the core of His being, is good. And you can know that and you can trust that and that will help you patiently endure the pain and suffering of your life. Thanks, everyone. May you all go in the grace and peace and mercy of Jesus Christ. We'll see you.